And now, you're welcome to the OMN NBA podcast. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down to bang! Bang! Inside, Tatum spins. guys you're welcome back to another episode of the OMN NBA podcast uh we know it's been a while we know you guys miss us but as always we are observing things from afar and packaging things like a fine wine to bring to you guys as always my name is Derek today there's only one J in the building Jeff what did happen what's up my bro what's up what's up you know uh it's it's winter still we had a snowstorm so um you know we're just chilling right now in the house but it's all good. It's all good. What is a snowstorm? Yeah, we had a snowstorm last night, so we pretty much were snowed in today. So we we've been I've been home pretty much. So nothing crazy. Oh wow! What's the what's the weather like right now? Right now, um, in Fahrenheit, is it's about thirty five degrees Fahrenheit, which is like. Which is like, I'm not sure, maybe 15. Oh, no, which is like five degrees Celsius. You've yeah. used all the signs to run girls in class. That's nice. Yeah, no, serious. You. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's, anyways, what's up with you two? What's up with you two? It's been Yo, a while. Man, it's just- yeah, bro, it's just been hot in Ghana. Um, it's always like thirty-five degrees hot. Um, so you're literally sweating throughout the day, but uh, it's just been you know work, trying to put stuff together, observing games after a boring All Star weekend. You know, just I watching you. games. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. And the All Star weekend was like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life with regards to All Star weekend. It, it was just, I think the Rising Star Challenge. Yeah. Um. The pretty much they're trying to you know advance or pretty much make things look different, but at the, at the same time they're making it look worse. The yeah, skill challenge, for example, is exhausting yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I just think All Star Weekend needs like a it needs like a refresh. Like they need to come up with fun, exciting new ideas. I feel like the NBA in general because of how. Um, the NBA in general has become they're like they're like there are no like budding rivalries. There's no like healthy. I don't think there's like healthy competition in my opinion. I feel like everyone is just friends with everyone. So like you don't see that kind of like I'm not saying they should fight, but then you need to see like a little feistiness between teams or between you know stars. Like you need to see like you you guys are competing for for a common goal. Look, so you need to see like competition, but it's not there. So everything is all like chill, like. I mean, like the the skills challenge, Jordan Clarkson like had a chain on. Like, I mean, I didn't. I mean, you know, I I, I just think I just think it's 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 more. I think it's become more of an entertainment than actually yeah, an actual show. competition sport. Yeah, because because normally All Star Weekend, pretty much, especially the the Saturday, is to showcase the talent in the NBA, pretty much. So 
the skills and the talent in the MBA. So then if, you know, you're not showcasing what you actually have or what you actually can do, and it's just about, you know, I, I don't know, man. I it's it's just taking the turn. Like there's no competition. That's what I that's what I think it is. And it's I it's think, not I think in with regards to competition, I think for me it's just the fact that we have to deal with the long regular season games. Because mm-hmm. when it gets to the playoffs, you tend to see things getting a little bit different than, you know, eating and feisty. So because mind you, Michael Jordan was having dinner with players during off um, playoffs with his mm-hmm. rivals playing golf with them. So people were like, if if he can do that, why why can't our players, you know, hang around and, you know, do all that stuff? But I think for now, I think with regards to social media and the fact that the athletes are all in our face, you, can, you know, they are making TV interviews. Most of, most of them have the time out, even online with us, you know, mm-hmm. fans and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, you have KD going off at almost every time with someone online. So it's become more like, okay, we get to see them, feel them more. Then actually mm-hmm. see them and watch them play because the last time I, I heard the load management has become a thing of a conversation because half the time you don't even get to see these players play. Right. Right. So, because because you know, like let's say let's say <clears throat> an East team versus a West team, and then like they're supposed to like they play like maybe what twice all season, one one here, one there. And then exactly. you buy tickets because you want to see maybe LeBron play or maybe Kawhi play, and then he's out because he's out like the day before and you already bought these tickets like months not bad so then what happens exactly exactly you don't you don't see who you came to see and and it, and it makes and it makes the game more annoying even even for we that don't buy tickets that much you know it, it's frustrating because they the games become a, a lot more less entertaining you don't get to see you know because you, you have half the time two-way contract players rookies and you know, role players trying to fit in and trying to, you know, show off. So they end up putting up unnecessary bad shot selections and Yeah. I mean I mean the reason why teams are assigned like uh uh national T V games is because you want to like you, you they they are assigned like the, the, the big games, like the interesting games, like the, the games where you can see the big stars play, but then if they are not playing then what's the point of assigning these these games exactly. to national TV? like and I mean, I don't know what they can, honestly, I was thinking about it. I don't know what they can do to, to curb load management because I feel like load management in, like has its, 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 its like pros and cons. So the pros are, it's a long season, 82 games, back to backs, travel here, travel there. I understand it's a long season, but the cons are like, if you travel somewhere and someone is supposed to see a certain player play, they bought tickets, 200 bucks, 250 bucks, 300, cause you're coming to town. And you don't play and then you know we don't want to see that like we as fans of course we don't want to see that because we have favorites we have team players and teams we want to watch so then there's no point of, like we don't see the point in, in going to games or watching these games because i have i have me i have me pass right so i can watch a bunch of games but I, if i don't see a certain kind of if i don't see s- some players playing i i hesitate to watch the games because i don't want to i don't want to quote unquote waste my time. I mean it's it's it will still be a fun game, but then I just I'm not seeing who I want to see if you get what I mean. So exactly. And even for the worst, I mean there's pros and cons because you know the body gets tired, you know, having to travel, traveling is really, really exhausting. I think yeah. people tend to underestimate the fact that you know they're putting extra mm-hmm. load of work even from practice, scrimmage, the actual game up and warm up to playing the game for almost 48 minutes and like close an hour 
and also having to go back to you know your forever it is for whatever it is for whatever reason is exhausting but at the same time if you're getting paid a, a shitload of money right like like charles right. barkley was saying today you, you're getting paid 70 million dollars or 80 50 60 million dollars mm-hmm. and, and all you have to do is show up to work for like four times a week six times a week some people right. are going to work from monday to sunday and we both, we both know the type of work that they do man right right yeah i i understand so, when he says that honestly like it's uh, i don't like okay so what would you do what do you think what do you think can be done to like curb load man honestly i don't mind it's an 82 game season i don't mind you missing 10 games it's fine because you can't i mean yeah prevent, to prevent injury and stuff you can't you can't you, you don't have to play the whole season some people some players do but then if you can't play the whole season you miss 10 games fine like a couple back to backs or a couple of games that you don't you don't need that like you know so yeah but 30 games 40 games no that's like that's half a season pretty much and yeah but what, you know you always suggest and be done to curb it so when when you look at when you look at the fact that we can have some players play the entire 82 games like Kevon Looney has played I don't remember the last time Kevon missed the game same with Mikhail Bridges I guess I think it's yeah. Carl Bridges. He's also not missed a game in a long time. Yeah. And these are players that are putting in 25, 30 minutes a game and they're playing hard. They're not, they're not just, you know, just setting screens and not just, I mean, they're getting bodied in for, for a player like Kavan who's guarding bigs, can even switch up to guard, you know, mm-hmm. to, I mean, point guards or, you know, shooting guards. He, he's putting in a lot of work and there's a lot yeah. of body, you know, so then what's the difference between him and you? I mean, we understand that everybody has a different, you know, whether they've responded to that, but some players have had previous injuries. So, you know, they tend to want to like calm their body down and not put too much pressure on their body. But back-to-back games, yeah, the NBA needs to work on that because back-to-back games takes a yeah. heck of a time. Yeah. Load on, then, on the players, even, even the coaches. The back-to-backs are there because like they're trying to fit 82 games in like what seven months seven eight months that's a lot like exactly so i mean the the next probably they they can reduce the number of regular season games i don't know because well you play against your, your division your fellow division teams like four times then you play against like an east a couple of teams twice you play against a couple of them once like so i don't know what they can do because it's 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 just been there for a very long time you know so changing things is very hard but then everybody's open to change i mean they, they introduced a playing game and now it's there it's it's a thing so they can always try to change something for for, for us to see to see players play more more games but you know right now like players are listed as like if a player is listed on the injury report as like lower back tightness or like you know ankle strain or whatever like there's nothing anyone can say about it because it's coming from the doctors reporting saying these players are at a risk of getting hurt, you know? So it would be hard to like Kirby right now, but then I feel like, just like you said, they can try to reduce the number of games in the regular season and that could help players play more games, hopefully. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think there was, there was a season that we, there were, uh, what, I think 2012 or 2011, there were 66 games played because it was a yeah. lockout season. Yeah. yeah, I think sixty-six games make sense. More than, less than eighty games make sense. You know, I mean, even and, even when COVID, I mean, they did not play the whole season, right? They, because of COVID, exactly. 
Yeah, they had like a good number of games, I mean, and they had like. I mean, I understand of- that you know fans want to see a lot of games. Fans want to, not everyone can attend everything because sometimes they're stretched out for people to be able to buy tickets, you know, and afford to watch these games. Because mind you, these prices are ridiculous. I mean, you've been to yeah. pretty much a couple of games. I've not <laughs> been, but <laughs> yo, from what I see online, these tickets are you know a huge sum of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it depends. I mean, in town, like. If LeBron is coming to town, I mean, obviously, 200, 300, you, you, it's expensive. So, tickets are not a joke. I mean, and, and you know, owners owners of NBA teams are trying to sell out arenas or trying to get as much money as they can from selling out arenas and selling tickets to, you know, help. I mean, that's part of, like, their revenue. So, I mean, yeah, that's just like I said, it will be hard. But, you know, if you look at the money, the money aspect is, is raking them a lot of money in. So, yo. Anyways, man. Enough of load management and how the NBA can make it. I, I think there there will be a way to to you know find out how we can get to watch most of our stars play and not see them on the bench half the time. And mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, sometimes you watch it and you're like, because it's weird to see a player not play a whole season and then the next season the other, and you're like, oh, so you're still alive? You're getting paid? Wow, right, That's crazy, right. Yeah, I think there was a certain player. I don't remember who he was, but the last time I saw him gear up, I'm like, "Whoa, you're still in the league!" Wow. Yeah, I know, right? That's yeah, that's, that's why I I respect Jokic a lot. Jokic, if he's if he's available, he plays he plays every game. Like he, yeah. I think I mean he misses a couple of games here and there just because you know they're trying to. Like, of course, he needs he can't play back to backs every time. So like you know, at home, at home, you've seen him. Fans at home, I've seen him over and over again. So at home, if it's a back-to-back, you can rest him on the, the back end of a back-to-back, and it's fine. Like you know, so but if he's available, he plays. That's the thing I like about Jokic. So uh, good for him. Yeah. Anyways, guys. Uh, so let's just let's just look at uh the blockbuster trade that happened, and I think everybody knows what it is. Uh, Kevin Durant. Someone say he's running away from being a leader, so he's now moved all the way to Phoenix, and you know, of course, Barkley. Was still going off, went off on him, and he was actually happy that you know the Phoenix Suns recruited Kevin Durant to be part of the the team. I mean, with the fact that they have the likes of Devin Booker, Chris Paul, um, and a couple of good guys uh, to support the team, DeAndre Ayton as well. So right. KD, CP3, Ayton, and Booker. Is this a legit lineup to? To say that you know what this is a tough team to face up against in let's just say semifinals or even Eastern Con- Western Conference Finals are, are this is this Phoenix Suns fully geared up for the NBA title finally? Yeah, um, I think I think they are a legit champ- championship team because um, they added Easy Money Sniper, who is an elite scorer. He can score from anywhere on the on the floor. And, you know, um, I mean, going against Phoenix in the playoffs, you could always try to double-team Devin Booker, get the ball out of, out of his hand, and let someone else beat you. But now you can't do that. <laughs> and now you can't afford to get <laughs> beaten. Any of those. Like, so it's it's more weapons on the floor, you know, for Phoenix to actually go to. And, I mean, people, not everybody can guard, can guard KD. So it's going to be very, very... Great to see him make his debut. I know he makes his debut at at, at time of recording today, Tuesday. 
I know he's supposed to make his, his debut on Wednesday for the Phoenix Suns. He's back to his number 35, back to vintage KD. So I'm, I'm happy for the trade. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Phoenix, even though I'm not a Phoenix. I just like to see, you know, I like to see great basketball. I like to see KD play basketball because he just wants to play basketball. He just wants to hoop. So um, it's it's a legit championship team, honestly. I'm, 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 I'm tipping them to go far. I mean, I'm a Warriors fan, but I mean, if anything, the, the Phoenix Sun will give will give will give the Warriors the money for their money, run for their money. With 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 how they play it, and 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 I think uh, with the fact that they, they you know, and the season where they beat the Lakers and they had to go to the finals and face off against the Giannis and Milwaukee Bucks, I think they they played well. They were a solid team, and then they went on actually to win sixty games a season. But you know, Dallas Mavericks and Luka Magic just had to dismantle the team. And then you look at them now, and they're struggling to win games. And there was, you know, a little bit of stir up with Gandre eighteen and Monty Williams, and the fact that he's not spoken to him about mass contracts and blah 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 blah. So there's been a little of a, something else to happen in the team before KD joins. And now KD's comes in, and this is my question actually, and this is what I'm looking forward to. When both KD and Booker is wide open, and I'm Chris Paul, or let's just say you, Jeff, is Chris Paul, mm-hmm. who are you passing the ball to? Because um, mind you, these are legit scorers, though. Regardless yeah. of how KD is a great player, Booker is a legit, you know, scorer too, as well, an elite scoring player. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so who are you passing to if you're if you're Chris Paul? Chris Paul's job in this team is just to find great looks for his teammates, which are um, KD and, and Devin Booker. And mind you, they have a great, a very, very good center in in DeAndre Aiden. So one of the one of the best pick and roll guards in the league. Is Chris Paul for a very long time? He he pick he, he can pick and roll whether he's gonna lob it, whether he's gonna go to slow the game. He does that a lot. And if if Chris Paul is able to like come and average like a good fifteen points, he doesn't have to do a lot. Fifteen points and facilitate, get ten assists, twelve assists to KD and Booker. I think they'll be fine. Um, it just has he just has to has to find Booker and and KD. Trying to get them good looks. I know um, Booker has worked on his 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 playmaking a lot. I know he's a better playmaker now than he was a couple seasons ago. So that's good for him. Good for the team. KD is an underrated playmaker, too, in my opinion, because what he does on the floor, he's able to pick his spots, um, get shots up. When he's double teamed, he's able to give the ball up. But what the one of the biggest parts of this trade um, for Phoenix Suns is they'll always have one person on the court at all at all times. You get it. So in the past. If they want to rest Booker, they don't have anyone else replace Booker scoring coming off the bench. But right now, if they want to rest Booker, they they can keep KD on the court to be able to give them some offense whilst Booker is resting. And then if KD is supposed to rest, they can bring Booker back back onto the court to give them some some offense, you know. And then they can together be on the court to finish out the game. So it's great to see. Honestly, I I I'm I'm like. I can't wait to see what it's going to look like on Wednesday. <laughs> you know, because the reason why I'm asking this is when we were all excited when Kyrie Irving joined Luca in, in Dallas, right? And then the first question, I mean, I mean, we did a podcast on this, and my question was, who's giving up the ball? It's the same situation now. There's KD and there's Booker. In clutch point situations, I'm curious to see who is handling the ball because, yeah, mind I- you, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand what you mean by that, but these guys are professional. Exactly. You know, they're professional athletes. I they... mean, we know. I mean, we just saw <laughs> Kyrie and, and Luca just pass the ball back to back before the. the, the but but the you know, 
you know KD played with 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 Steph in the Warriors. He played with Clay. Clay Clay doesn't really well, because Steph had an understanding of you know trying to. I think Booker knows. Booker definitely knows KD is more experienced. KD is is a better player. KD is that guy. You get it. So and Booker is not like he doesn't have like a crazy ego like you know someone you know who's gonna like you know feel like disrespect. He doesn't. He wants to win too. Trust me, Chris Paul and Booker want to win so bad. So if they have to win for KD to be that guy, they will, honestly. So I, I don't I don't think it's going to be a crazy decision, whether it's in KD's hands or Booker's hand. I, Monty's a very good coach. I think he's going to draw something up for either of them to make a big shot if they have to. So honestly, I don't think it will be an issue, an issue with these two guys. Yo, let's just look out um look at what's gonna happen on Wednesday. I mean, if you're listening to this, this was recorded on a Tuesday, so pretty much you hear it on a Wednesday or when you hear it. KD's also makes to, to make his son's debut again. Charlotte with that Lamelo ball, who's also out of the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know, but we wish him all the best in his comeback. <laughs> Anyways, man, just let's just I'm Personally, I'm very, very curious to watch KD and how Booker play. Not against Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte is not you know a healthy competition to make your debut against. So I'm I'm looking forward to maybe when they play uh, a different you know healthy competition team. But yeah, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So yeah, Jokic, uh, it's it's the front runner again for another MVP title. But my God, I've been reading a couple of things online. I've been reading a couple of things on blogs. Uh, you know about basketball and it seems a lot of people are not happy that he's still the front runner for another mvp title well, so I my know. question you know first of all i don't know why people seem pissed off every time Jokic is because last season mind you they were saying that joel Embiid should have won the mvp but this time around Jokic is leading the nuggets in the first seed in the western conference which is tough by the way the West mm-hmm. is still tough. I don't care yeah. if, I mean, because the current champions of, of the NBA title are in the West and they're struggling to even making the top six. Yeah. Right? Even the Phoenix Suns are struggling. The the Memphis Reasons are playing incredible basketball. They got their, they, they beat the hell out of the Nuggets. Right? But mm-hmm. Jokic is playing incredible basketball. He's playing an elite level of basketball. He's not missing a lot of games, like you said. When he's available, he plays. He's making. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, making great plays. And yet you have people saying he's not playing like a top player. What what more do you think he can do to let people get off his back of these criticisms? Um, I honestly think people don't appreciate Jokic a lot. This is my opinion. I just think they don't they don't really understand, you know, his type of game. You know, Jokic himself, he's not like, you know, quote unquote an entertaining player. Like he's not someone who's gonna be flashy on the ball. He's not gonna do anything crazy. Yeah. Very efficient. And he does the basics. You know. Um I know he once said he once said doing the all-star game. Like he doesn't even know what to do in the all-star game because that's not, that's not his type of game. He doesn't he's not there to do the flashy stuff. He can't do the flashy stuff. He just he does the basic stuff. Like he does what he plays basketball. Like he plays a game the way it's supposed to be played. Jokic is a center He's averaging 24.8 points per game, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. He's averaging a triple-double as a center for the Denver Nuggets, who are atop the Western Conference, right? Their mm-hmm. record now is 
43 and 19. That is the third best record in the whole of the, in the NBA. NBA. Right. So I don't understand why he should not be front runner when he's also when he doesn't miss games. He's always available. He's averaging a triple double. He's what else do you <laughs> I don't understand? I don't well, understand. You, see, you, you, you I don't think, even that's the that's my point. You don't even know where to start from because yeah, I and think I the reason, don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, yeah, I think the reason why he's been rubbished a lot is because of his playoff numbers. Like in the playoffs, he hasn't done great in the playoffs. That's understandable if you want to do that. But then but let's look at the regular season in a whole and this MVP, MVP title goes to the best player in, during the season, the regular season, not the playoffs. So, them trying to bring up his his playoff numbers and saying, "Oh yeah, in the playoffs he's kind of he's kind of not great and stuff." I mean, yeah, but then in the regular season he's been great. I mean, defensively he's not he's not the best out there defensively. He can do better. He can be better on defense, but he still holds his own when he has to. So, I'm I'm just baffled, you know. I think sometimes it has to also do the fact that we're not used to seeing bigs play like he, he he he's he's been playing. Most of the bigs that we've had and watch them play with regards to his type of body shape. Um, when you look at Shaq, he was mostly posting up dunking, not no, you know, not giving flashy because the Jokic can give flashy passes, he can shoot threes, he he makes plays. Yeah, right. The guy is just like one of the biggest skilled players that you've ever seen play the game at his height but then again you're looking at, you're looking at people like you're saying he's not fun to watch like he's not the flashy type in the all-star weekend he's just like you know what i don't even know what to do with the ball right now i know sometimes yeah that's... I... <laughs> so yeah sometimes i don't i don't know what what again people want or maybe it's just the fact that he's boring yeah yeah i think right? i think people people can't comprehend or come to understanding that he's not going to be the type to do like to be Yanis who would like you know dunk the ball and flex on you. No, he'll get, he'll get his, <laughs> he to do, he's there to work, he's there to do business, get his points, get his rebounds, get his assists, go home, go to bed, get wins. The next day, comes do just work, it's work for is he, him. Is he even on social media, I don't have no, he doesn't talk to I'm, I barely hear his voice, he doesn't come out, but he's not Instagram, Twitter, you don't see him anywhere. He 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 just works. He's waiting to go back home to his farm and go and farm. That's what he's <laughs> he's just there to work. He's doing his job. So uh, I I don't know. I, I love Jokic though. I, I'm a big fan um of Jokic because I appreciate you know his talent and what he brings to the game. But we just need to understand that he's not going to be like a, a flashy a flashy guy, and it's it's a, it's it's still efficient. Anyways, man, let's just hope people get off his back. And I wish Jokic and the Denver Nuggets the best. Uh, they're playing some incredible basketball, man. Those guys are just like, whew, Jamal Murray, Jokic. Anyways, let's let's continue with uh, the Sacramento Kings and the team that you've run away to join since your Golden State Warriors are trash. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't want to even talk about it. Let's. let's, let's... <laughs> but anyways. Um, my question is the acquisition of um, what's the coach name again? Uh, keep forgetting this boy-headed man's name. Uh, from who? The Sacramento Kings coach. Oh God, 
Mike Brown. Mike Brown, right? Yeah. Right. I almost said Mike Mike Jackson. Mike <laughs> Brown. <laughs> but ever since the news broke that Mike Brown was going to Sacramento Kings, it was just like, eh, you know, it's Mike Brown. Uh, you know, let's just see. He just won a championship with Golden State. What more can he do? Because when he took over when Steve Kerr was, I think, out with COVID illness or something during the playoffs, we couldn't see. We saw a difference in the Golden State team because they were playing more defense than actually on offense. And now he comes to a team that has incredible young talents from Fox to a lot of couple of guys that were there, Metu and Huerta, which was drafted. And, you know, now they've had more players in. They're playing an incredible basketball. But mind you, again, this is regular season. This is just part of an 82 long stretch games. When it gets down to the four seven game business, right? Can mm-hmm. you trust from what you've seen so far? Do you trust Sacramento to go far deep in the playoffs when it matters? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I feel like them making the playoffs is already an achievement for them because going into the season, I don't think anyone picked them to be this good. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Mike Brown because, I mean, he was with the Warriors. Whenever he stepped in, he did a great job. So I'm a big fan of Mike Brown, and the job he's doing is phenomenal. I think he should win Coach of the Year if, um, you know, it's all said and done. Um, and I, 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 don't, I don't... I just can't predict how far they'll go in the playoffs just because they don't have enough experience aside maybe what Harrison Barnes um so Malik, I don't Malik Monk too I guess yeah to an extent Malik Monk but I mean he's still what his fifth year in the NBA fourth year in the NBA from right so I don't know how far they can go and that's why you know and also you have to be scared of such a team which is like young and you know they just want to hoop and they, they, they do the fundamentals right and it's a free scoring team too they score a lot <laughs> Yeah, that like they are up there in 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 the in offensive rating. I don't know what it is exactly. Maybe seventh between one and seven. Um, so it's it's a very good team, honestly. I like the the balance of the team. Sabonis is is averaging a double double. He has the most double doubles in the league this year. Um, he's very underrated. I'm a big Sabonis fan. Um, Fox is is the Fox things. <laughs> Fox is, is, is <laughs> so it's it's good for them. I mean, they're winning games. They're able to compete against. Like the big teams in the West, like the Clippers, the Warriors, uh, the uh, who the, the Lakers, the Denver. Like it's always exciting when you watch them play against these teams. So uh, the sky's the limit for them. They're only going to get better if they even get knocked out in the first round. They're going to come back stronger because Mike Brown is still there. They have the the the, the fundamentals. They they have everything that they need to 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 be great. So uh, let's see what happens. I'm happy to see how they'll do in the in the, in the playoffs. Okay. Regardless of what, you know, every team can still get better. But at what what are some of the tweaks that you think need to be adjusted with the Sacramento team? Because I feel like they score a lot. And in, even though Mike Brown was, I see, I see to define him as a great defensive coach. Because like I'm saying, when, when Steve Kerr was out for Warriors, at, at the time that he was coaching, they played a lot of good defense, the natural offense. So he comes to a team and now they're scoring more and their defense is kind of like a little bit a, a little bit shaky. What are some of the tweets you think they can they can adjust 
when it comes to the Sacramento Kings and how good it can help them? Um, I mean, they have a very decent roster. Like, the their roster is not bad. The roster can get better, but you know, sometimes coaches need players who could, you know, play, who could like do the things they ask of them. You know, so if and Sacramento is not a bad place to stay, a bad city to stay. So if they, <laughs> yeah, if if they could get one, I know the, I know Fox is an all star, Sabonis is an all star. But if they could get like a bona fide all star, Iranian all star, like an experienced vet who like not even a vet, like an experienced player who like who can who can help them and push them further, that would help them a lot. That's just what I think. Maybe it, I like Kevin Herter, but then maybe a, like a better two guard. Um, that that could that that could push them. That could really push them over the over the you know over the limit. Um. I like Malik Monk coming off the bench. He's been great for them, honestly. Um, he's 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 surprised me, but surprised me in a good way. So happy for him. But I just think Sacramento has. I just want to see what they do this year, where how far they can go, and then then you'll be able to see what they actually need next season. You get what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Let's wait and see. But I think if they can get like an experienced, imagine like they have like a Clay Thompson playing with them, like you know, like. Mm. That would be that would be great for them, honestly. You know, that would so, be because when you when yeah. you watch them, they, they create a lot of space for their shooters. So yeah, yeah. And the Iron Fox is a it's it, he's quick. He he's able to break down um, defenses by driving into the paint. The, the driving kicks are very good because they have Kevin Herder in the perimeter. They have Keegan Murray in the perimeter. They have Malik Moore who can shoot too. So it's <laughs> it's a bunch of shooters. It's, it's shooting season for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're lighting the beam everywhere they go. So yeah. <laughs> I love that team. I think I think this this the this, this sometimes where you wish uh wishes you know could, could come alive again because when Demarcus Cousins was with the Sacramento Kings he was playing oh I his know greatest basketball and if he was there now in his prime oh my god yeah I was going fifty for fun yo he was just putting 50, 60, 12, 15, 30, 20 rebounds this guy was just, <laughs> just playing for fun man but. Yo, life happens, and they don't have him now. But I mean, they're playing great again, and it's good to see the team back. Um, and for them to light up the beam one more time. Anyways, uh, let's see. I mean, I'm excited to see how how far they go, and I, I wish they get a a very good, healthy competition because any team that they get in the playoffs, I'm I'm thinking it's never going to be, you know, a six games uh, a sweep or a six game win or you know a four. It's probably going to go to game seven. Yeah. What's what's funny is like I, I really think the Western Conference teams are like everyone is looking at them and saying, Hey, we want to play them. Wanna, let's play them. Let's try to get them. Let's try to get them. But it's not gonna be easy. Yep. yep. Even though yeah, they are like one of the most inexperienced teams like who are like who is in playoffs playoff a playoff spot. Yeah, it's not gonna be easy in the playoffs for anyone who's gonna play them. They're gonna get a run for it. They're gonna they're gonna get lethal basketball, especially if Sacramento has home court. So it, it's going to be good. Yeah, and third right now, 35 and 25, 10, um, 10 games over 500. So, and they can, they can actually go in the second if they want to because they're like two games below, like a game and a half below Memphis. So let's say Memphis loses tonight to the Lakers and Sacramento, Sacramento beats OKC. Then it's closer than we think. Then they can go, they can go in the second. So, 
it's 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 a great times, honestly. It's a great times. What I would love to see is Sacramento and Golden State Warriors. Yeah. I know. That would be that would be that would be a good that would be a good matchup. Yeah. I would love to see that again in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh wrapping up uh on today's sports. Let's end things with Los Angeles, of course. I don't think we've ever had a pod where we didn't talk about LA. Have we? LA is a hot spot. LA is like, you know, LA is where all the <laughs> What'd you expect? Summertime in LA, man. Right, LA. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we've ever had a pod without about LA. But anyways, uh, LeBron is out. Uh, he was, you know, saying, I-, I can hear my ankle pop. And so he's been popped to the bench, and now he won't be playing for a couple of games. But the Lakers seems, or they seem um, a bit, I don't even know the word to use, but... Rejuvenated? Rejuvenated, exactly. You know, they, they kind of seem like they're coming back again as a team because they, they beat the Warriors. They've had like a good, you know, three-game winning, winning streak. Yeah. And they're looking likely to make the playing spot. But those were games with LeBron playing and, you know, contributing, you know, pretty much a good minute. Now he's out and it's pretty much on Anthony Davis and the and the rest of the squad that they have with the mm-hmm. likes of D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt, you know, was playing incredible uh, in their last game. With LeBron out, can the, can the run continue? I mean, they played Memphis as we're recording uh, today, I mean, literally, mm-hmm. but LeBron is out. How how far? How best? How many games can they rack up wins for? Can can the rest of the players step up like Hachimura and the likes of the players that they, they you know they acquired through the trade? I mean, now the whole the offense because right now they're losing what thirty points, which LeBron will bring every night. Mm-hmm. So I feel like right now. Um, AD Anthony Davis needs to, he needs to step step up more. He needs to to score more in the offense. He needs to be more dominant. He needs to go out and show out if they want to win games because he is the guy right now for them. Um, he's been very up and down inconsistent in the last couple of games. I mean, he scored thirty against Dallas last game against Warriors. He scored twelve points. He made only took only five shots. So he with the brunt with, with the brunt out. Obviously, he's gonna get more more shots, he's going to get more looks, but then also he's going to get more attention from the defense, you know, because he's the most dangerous player on the court for for the Lakers. So, um, I just want to see how he's going to play out tonight. Um, I, I don't think they will be able to beat Memphis tonight, um, but I just think um, they would, they'll be able to win a couple of games. They just have to sustain a, a certain kind of, like, you know, pace so that they don't fall too short. I'm sorry, they don't, they don't go too like to down down the table in the Western Conference on the standings in the Western Conference. They just need to like stay afloat so Brunt can come back and you know push them push them to a playing spot. So let's let's see how that goes. But uh, I don't know how Brunt how many games Brunt is gonna miss. I'm hearing two weeks. Two weeks is about what maybe seven to ten games. Um depending on how many games you play in a week or maybe what six. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. So it's it's dicey for them, but uh, let's 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 see how that goes. But yeah, sweet recovery to LeBron. The go hopefully he comes back. 
you know, better. LeBron is not one to like, you know, load manage or anything. He's when he's available, he plays. That's one thing I like about LeBron. So um hopefully he comes back healthy and he's able to push the league. I mean, a healthy LeBron makes the NBA better a better league, right? So Yeah, of course. So we, we want to see LeBron play. So hopefully he can come back healthy and, and you would know. You, would you say would you say you were a bit I'm gonna say scared or a bit excited to see how they played after the you know the the Russell Westbrook trade and you know they'll rack up a couple of wins like I said three game uh winning streak and you're saying people were just saying you know what the Lakers about because I had a look I had a couple of friends uh Justice and you know Rondo telling me you know what the Lakers are back blah 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 we had to get rid of Russ we did you know all that chatting you know yada 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 but even with LeBron and with how they play for the past three games. Were you saying they were legit going to rack up a lot of wins, even with even if LeBron was playing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had momentum. So, like NBA is having like if you have momentum and you have confidence and you, you want to make it, because right now everyone is trying to make a playoff push. This is the time everyone is like. If you've watched the last couple of games after the All Star break, they've been intense. They've been like competitive. The teams trying to make the playoffs have been. Everyone is in the game to the last minute. Uh, I watched the Timberwolves play against the Warriors, and the way that game was hot to like the last two minutes of like <laughs> of the fourth quarter. So everyone is trying to rack up wins to make the playoffs right now. So it's intense. It's, it's it's exciting games right now, and I think with the players that with the, the moves they made um, on on the trade deadline, I think the Lakers have a very good team. If they make it, they're able to make the play and make the playoffs. They'll be very dangerous, in my opinion. You know, so. Um, they, they all they have to do is build chemistry together. So while they play these games, they're using these games to build chemistry. And they have Malik Beasley, who is a knockdown shooter. He doesn't need a lot of time to, to settle in. Vanderbilt has been great. Vandal, you know, Vandal Bandle. He, he's been great uh, for them. So, you know, LeBron being out, like it kind of like slows them down in terms of them having that, you know, togetherness to play to to build that kind of um to build that kind of what we're driving use that kind of uh t- togetherness team, yeah like a, like a team setting like they need to play together to get that team going and that's what they're gonna miss but i mean bron is born you, you can put him into any team and he's gonna do great so um hopefully that's what they can do uh in the next couple of games Okay, great. I think the game against Dallas was fun too because they were down by 21 and then they, it came all the way back to win. I was watching that game and started sleeping. I'm like, mm, this game is going to get boring. I wake up in, in the fourth and I'm like, okay, now this is something that's interesting. I think the NBA now, even if you have a 40-point lead, you are still not safe. I mean, not a 40-point. Not a 40-point lead, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, with the way the three point three pointers are going, you you, you can't have a, a lead and think you're safe, you know. So uh, it's 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 just the way the league is going right now. That that's what it is. So, are you are you are you? Let me say, are you excited about the free flowing offense in the league now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we all like to see great offense. We all, we all like to see, um, we all like to see, uh, we all like to see like teams have great offenses and score more points. Um, that's exciting basketball, but we want to see great defense too. So, I mean, with the way the league is going, everyone needs like 
there are teams that are putting out five shooters. You know, your teams are putting a big, which would be a stretch big, so they can stretch the floor and, and you know, and stuff like that. So I don't mind it like that, but I just want to see defense too, if you get what I mean. Mm, yeah, of course. I mean, because you see, mostly when you watch, I mean, and this is something I took critical look at. When you look at the games, even from as early as 2005, 2006, you're likely to get games going into 100 points, very few, because most of the games were ending in 98, 80, some even 70. You know, now you have games ending in 120. Example is the Sacramento Kings, a game where they played the Clippers at 170 points in, two, in, in the second overtime, right? And you have a couple of, you know, the OG saying, you know, the league is soft. And the league is soft, if you ask me, because now players are doing rip-through fouls and little contact, and they are, you know, you know, they are they are acting like they are Oscars. They, they want to win an Oscar. You know, it, it just gets horrible. Yeah, yeah, the- yeah. Those, yeah, the acting is, is ridiculous. Honestly, the acting is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want to see like, bro. And they're as soon as they drive to the hole and they get contacts, they want fouls for it. And yeah, the, the fact that the, my my point is, if they if the refs are gonna do that, they need to keep it consistent. Don't call fouls for some people and not call fouls for some other guys. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If it's gonna be like that, they keep it consistent. But if not, then don't. You know. So, I mean, I think the worst one I saw was against Jason Tatum, where he was frustrated, clapped his hands, and then he got a tag for it. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those things are ridiculous. Like the refs are, the refs are taking no, no. <laughs> oh man, yo, Charlie. Crazy, but hey, anyways, Jeff, uh, it was fun having you here. Uh, hopefully, we oh, get the whole. The whole gang back uh, for another episode of the Women in View podcast. Of course, my name is Derek. I'm, I did this before, with Jeff. Before we leave, um, big up Damien Lillard for those 70, 71. Yo, 70, yes. 75. Right. Well, how many points did you put up? 71. 71? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For those 71 points, shout out Dame. Um, you know, I'm a big Dame fan. Um. You know, those points were, were insane. That performance was insane. And, you know, I'm happy for him. Um, he's he's averaging crazy points this year. Um, if if he continues the way, he's going to win the scoring title. So shout out, shout out, Dave. Right, Dave, if you listen to this, shout out you. Big up yourself. <laughs> Yo, shout out Dame Time from Jeff and, of course, from Women in Be Podcast. Of course, more episodes will be flowing in. We're getting closer. And closer, we are now into March. We are marching towards the playoffs. So let's get ready. Let's see who gets kicked out in game seven, who gets swept, and who's going to say that, you know what, the All-Star player again was a flop in the playoffs. So it was a great episode by myself and my brother Jeff. We'll be back with more exciting episodes. See you guys later. Yeah.